The Leach Report Radio Network presents Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk on 630 WLAP. Interact with the show by calling 859-280-CATS. That's 859-280-2287. Now, with Larry Vaught and Anthony White, here's Curtis Birch. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank. Sunday morning sports talk, Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught with you. Going to talk some UK football recruiting in a bit, but we got some tweets about basketball. Hit us up at Sunday AM Sports. Also, Clint Eastwood movies are continuing to roll in. I'll read some of those as well. We got a tweet in from Dan, and he said if Isaiah Jackson could eliminate his offensive fouls, he'd be fine. Anthony, I think that that's probably... A good uh, middle ground. You're talking about how the aggression, you don't want to see the the aggression stop, but you could, Isaiah could probably be a little bit more careful when he's, you know, in situations where we would get some unnecessary offensive fouls. Yeah, that's a statement I can get behind. We need as much much offense and efficiency. I can agree with that. I'll take the ground. There we go. We're compromising. We're, we're, Bringing people together. That's what we do on this show. Uh, Jay tweeted in, Larry, and he said, The fight that Saar and Jackson had, they were scrapping for loose balls. Uh, we got to have that fight. Yeah, that was something that was uh, was good to see from all from all those guys. Uh, they really uh, seemed to be putting it on the, the line last night in a lot of instances. And there was a, a lot of scrapping. There was some jawing uh, going on <laughs> in the game as well. I don't know if you got to see that on TV. Um but yeah, it was it was one of those games where they they were there for it. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. No, you didn't get to really see that on TV, Garza, which is one thing I do miss a little bit about not being at the games. That sometimes you don't get to see those kind of things, like what you just mentioned there. Yeah, it was it was kind of I don't I don't fully know um, what was happening, but it was mostly be- uh, between uh, the the kind of talking I saw was between Watford. And some of the UK players, but then after the game, uh, Watford, uh, the teams go away, but there are still some, you know, mid-court handshakes and whatnot every once in a while. And Watford did say hello to a couple guys on the UK team that were on the court as the game was over. Uh, him being a high-profile recruit, recruit, I'm guessing they probably ran in some of the similar AAU circles. So maybe it was. A little bit of a, some kind of friendly trash talk <laughs> between everybody, but it, there was some trash talk uh, nonetheless. Uh, but uh, I guess maybe they used it for motivation or whatever because they obviously, Kentucky got the, the better end of the deal, even though Watford had a fantastic game. And, yeah, you know, Larry, you were talking earlier about the fact that Will Wade, <laughs> you got to give a shout-out to him for speeding Kentucky's offense off up a little bit. Uh, but, man, he's got a lot of talent on that roster for be having such a bad stretch uh, right now. Yeah, they've had two games not very impressive back, back-to-back, but they are still, what, 10-4 and four on the season, Curtis? Is yeah. that right? Yeah, they are. And that's uh, th- that's the thing that I, I keep coming back to, and this is across college basketball, is good luck trying to figure things out. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky blows out Florida. Florida blows out Tennessee. 
and things just go round and round, and you can't. There's almost no way to kind of compare two games uh, between some teams. It's they just don't make any sense. I mean, we we're talking up Alabama, and, and rightfully so in conference play. But before they got into the SEC, they have a loss against Western Kentucky, and you know those uh, Western Kentucky is a quality ball club, but. Uh, you know that uh, it's just things are very very odd this year for sure. Um, we would see. Had, had, hadn't lost since they lost to Western, though, right? Uh, th- I think that's accurate. I don't have their schedule pulled up, but yeah, I mean it's it's just kind of crazy how well they played, but still have a loss to you know a team that isn't in a in a in a power conference. I I don't know. It's just such a such a crazy season. Um, let's see. We got uh, Tanner who just tweeted in, Anthony. He says, hoping when Clark returns he can find his role and give UK another viable option. If Boston keeps improving and Clark returns to be anything close to the player Calipari thought he'd be, this could get interesting. Yeah, after the game, Calipari said that uh, he hopes when Clark returns he really focuses in and and becomes a defensive stopper because uh, despite being a good defensive team, by the numbers, when you look at all those efficiency ratings, Anthony, guys are still getting beat off the dribble. Um, and that's something that I guess is maybe being helped a little bit by our guy, Isaiah Jackson, being there, other shot blockers in in the game. But uh, opposing guards are still being able to get uh, past UK's guards. Yeah, that's one thing I was trying to figure out. Are the guards we've planted? And I, I think we've been playing against some pretty athletic guards, some guys that are, are gritty. But I also think there's a little bit of combat that if you try to take me to the hole, then we get on the other side of the when we get on the other side of the court, then you're gonna have that same you gonna have that same task at hand. So I, I do hope that Clark can come back and give us some presence outside. But the big thing uh, that I keep saying, I, I just want us to everybody find their roles and be able to do it at the same time. I don't want to have to take away other people's. Uh, or contributions to you know to to get every one other person comfortable. I just hopefully we can get to a point where everybody knows what they're doing, do it at the same time, and we can kind of gel and mesh together. And but I think introducing Clark back into it, I, I think it may take a of that. And at this point, we don't have much time left. Yeah, that's true. And uh, John Gallipari after the game said that he does not expect Clark to play uh, this week against Alabama or Texas. Uh, Larry, so it won't be in the near near future. Um, probably when we we see uh, Terrence Clark again, anyway. No, it sounded like uh, maybe the, the following week that he could be there. I thought it was also interesting that uh, Calipari kind of slipped in. This I think like as an afterthought that yeah that he kind of screwed Clark up trying to playing when he wasn't 100% and keeping some other guys be able to get in the game, which I guess was translation. Uh, I should have set Clark down because he was hurt. I should have played Dante Allen. Mm-hmm. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah, and uh, again, that's a couple times that John's kind of mentioned that. So uh, I think he, he's, he's learned, and I still don't know exactly what is wrong with Clark. I mean, I guess it's obviously more than just a sprained ankle or, or something because I heard Jack Givens on the pregame. I'm sure you did, too. Uh, Curtis talked about that Clark really wasn't running up and down and doing anything mm-hmm. on the side like what Keon Brooks did for weeks before he came back. So uh, listening to Jack, it didn't sound to me like maybe he was even going to be back in a week. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, on what was it, Monday night, Cal on his coaches' shows a week ago tomorrow, I guess, <laughs> Cal said seven to ten days. And then last night Cal said he probably won't play this week, so Cal's initial diagnosis will be incorrect. I think John Calipari should probably stop putting out timelines for injuries because he's been wrong almost every time this season. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of <laughs> screws up fans' thinking and how we're talking about things and uh, what's going forward. But, uh, yeah, Jack uh, did say that. Uh, it was Clark was on the bench in uniform, uh, I guess, as a, one positive step forward. Um, so maybe this week he'll start. Maybe John Calipari, when he said seven to ten days, he meant Clark being back at practice, and maybe that means everything will be going forward. And maybe you'll be right, Larry. It'll be the week after um, this week where he'll finally get back. Um, let's let's go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Dick from Dayton is all there. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Curtis. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, uh, Anthony. Hey, Curtis, uh, I'll, I'll take uh, in the movie. I agree with uh, Bo about the uh, Clint Eastwood uh, outlaw mm-hmm. Josie Wales. That's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, and I was going to give you guys a prediction. The Browns play pretty good against the Chiefs. A lot of fans were happy, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, Kansas City, and I think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There we go. The official Dick from Dayton prediction on the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to talk about those NFL Championship Sunday games in a bit because Tampa Bay makes the Super Bowl. That means Mike Edwards is going to be making a Super Bowl, former Kentucky defensive back. But if somehow Aaron Rodgers defeats uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that means Darius Smith and the Green Bay Packers um, will be making the Super Bowl. So either way, Kentucky football's going to win. Circling back to his thoughts on the, the Clint Eastwood movie, let's read a couple tweets because Clay tweeted in his Favorite Clint Eastwood movies were Kelly's Heroes. Also, he had uh, that movie also had Kentucky's Harry Dean Stanton in it, Larry. So that's a double reason I like that movie. I I, I remember the movie. I didn't remember that connection. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Rob tweeted in and said, what about Bridges of Madison County? And then he followed up and said, my wife made me send that tweet. Uh, wrapping up this segment, I got the get normally my, my setup has been the last couple weeks. I throw on a replay of the basketball game as we're doing the the first couple hours of the show on my TV. I have it recorded, and uh, I saw what everybody was tweeting about last night. Uh, Jimmy Dykes going shirtless with a fake tattoo, uh, pre- uh, previewing the uh, UFC match. What was uh, your reaction to that? Because that was definitely something to see. I, I, first thing I thought was, uh, if you ever wanted to make it big time and and medium, like I don't know if I would go that far, but uh, <laughs> I loved it, man. I loved it, man. It was good entertainment, and I don't know. If, the first thing I thought was, I don't know if if I could do that. I was surprised that he kind of pulled it off. Not that he looked like a lot like uh, McGregor, but uh, he pulled it off enough to for me to be entertained by it. You know what the first thing I thought was? 
I thought, that, that's something Mark Berger could do after a day on the boat. <laughs> I, my biggest question and i don't know if anybody got the answer to this is who gave him the tattoo the fake tattoo because i mean he's at home so i mean is his who wife his drawing that did. for okay. his daughter did okay there was an answer to that. okay well that's good his daughter did. all right well that you, would, uh, you know you you know what the result was of ufc 252 last night yeah conor mcgregor, mcGregor lost so jimmy dykes put the jinx on him i think uh, how many rounds did it go, Bo? Two rounds. So if you if you were a sucker that paid seventy eighty dollars for that and didn't watch the highlights on ESPN dot com, I can't help you any on that. And it started <laughs> at like twelve thirty or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know what time it actually started, but when when I woke up this morning early and saw that it lasted two rounds, I'm just thinking I'm so glad I didn't pay that much money to watch it. Yeah, I'm always, I'm normally, I'm with Bo on that uh, stance. I'm very, I think I've paid and for one uh, fight, and it actually, I didn't pay for it myself. It was a group of guys, we had like a party. I believe it was the, I don't even know, It was. I think it was Pacquiao, and um, I don't even know who it was. It was one of the, it was a boxing thing, but other than that, I've never paid to, to see any fights on pay-per-view because as uh, Bo just laid out, a lot of times you can, get the gist of things via highlights and those aren't my favorite sports um anyway so all right we're gonna get to a break but we'll leave you with these a couple more clint eastwood movies coming in i like how how uh wide varieties these are um uh, tanya says that trouble with the curve is her favorite another kind of the uh, outside of the classic western model and kentucky dude uh, just tweeted in uh, one of my Clint Eastwood's fave is an old one, Where Eagles Dare. And he's got even a little a little picture there. It's a young Clint Eastwood. We'll go ahead and retweet that from the Sunday AM Sports Twitter account if you'd like to check it out. It's a great way to interact with the show. You can also shoot us an email, Talk at gmail.com. I'm Curtis Birch with Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson, and you are listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. And you say, You're just a Coca-Cola You got a Eastwood Welcome back smile in. and a Robert Redford hair. Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught with you. Bo Robinson back at the studio playing song about Clint Eastwood. And he's got some more movies that we should apparently need to... We should put a movie watch list together, Bo. Yeah, because I think I, I would. I, I missed part of the game yesterday. I was going to go home and watch the first half, but now I'm on an Eastwood kick, and this is... You're, it's it's your all's fault, basically, that I'm going to watch some Eastwood movies today. But I am sh- I'm shocked. Two movies. I am surprised. Nobody has mentioned Two Mules for Sister Sarah. Yeah. And I bumped back with Coca-Cola Cowboy by Mel Tillis, which was from anybody? Anybody? Coca-Cola Cowboy. No. Every Which Way But Loose. Oh. You know, Fi- uh, Philo and, and Clyde, the orangutan, Clint Eastwood's uh, co-partner in that. And I love the movie. I love the soundtrack, basically because it revolves around an old honky tonk that I'll never get a chance to go to, called the Palomino. But the soundtrack's just awesome. So it, it's a good action comedy drama, Anthony. Put that yeah, in there and, too. And, and, and Bo wasn't wasn't Sally Field, and that who was in there with the two mules for Sister Sarah with Clint. 
Yeah, I believe so. Sa- Sally Fields was in there too. And plus, uh, Every Which Way to Lose was uh, one Clark Griswold's lo- wife, uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, uh, those are good ones. Michelle tweeted in, The Mule is an awesome Clint Eastwood movie. And uh, Daddy-O on Twitter checked in and said, Space Cowboy is a great uh, older Clint film anyway there you go any which way but loose was just mentioned so he was in right before you said that uh Bo. so you just got to give the listeners a little bit of time and they'll, they'll they'll get all the answers in we got a great we got a great listener we got great listeners out there they're very knowledgeable on all things clint eastwood movies kentucky basketball kentucky football uh, it doesn't matter uh we'll, we'll get get it all right uh, speaking of a great listener, let's go to the phone lines, the KentuckyHempWork.com hotline. Wendell is there. Good morning, Wendell. If you ever get a chance to watch a Clint Eastwood movie called Bronco Billy, don't. Yeah, just that's my <laughs> film review. Um, Kentucky is, in fact, a football school. We got a commitment yesterday, and you all may have already talked about it, but he's highly thought of wide receiver out of Michigan and can Marrow going into Michigan once again to try to pilfer some from the from the Big Ten schools. But how is uh, – I looked at some of the recruiting services today, and those recruiting services every year, Alabama tends to get – and Clemson and Ohio State and Florida's and Georgia's tend to get those with the higher stars on there. And those teams tend to be pretty good. How are those recruiting services able to – I guess, identify players, evaluate players, and how are coaches able to do that? And how – I just see that working in Vince Merrow's advantage, given that he's always on top of kids as soon as they come out of the womb trying to recruit them, as opposed to the Alabamas that try to come in at the end and swoop them away. Yeah, thank you uh, for your call, Wendell. We hadn't gone in-depth. We mentioned it a, a little bit, but um... – um Kentucky got a commit from four-star Jeremiah Caldwell. Um, we'll, we'll go in. We got. We're coming up on a break, so we're going to go more in depth um, after uh, this. But he is, yeah, out of Michigan, as you mentioned. Cle- uh, Steve Klinkscale is um, one of his, was his main recruiter, the guy that's been really impressive up in Michigan. First, first commitment of the 2022 class. Uh, he's kind of listed. We'll, we'll talk about. Um, I don't know if we know for sure, but he played both uh, wide receiver and defensive back in high school, like many players do. Uh, so we'll see where he ultimately ends up. But when you you gotta bring in the talent, um, and that's that's so important. So we'll talk about after that about after this break. Also, just got a tweet uh, from DH at Country Boy DH, and he said, "Did you get play Misty for me?" Is that another Eastwood movie, Bo? Yeah, spot on with that one. Spot on. There we go. Clint Eastwood, Kentucky football. More of that coming up after this. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Bo Robinson. This is Kentucky Bank, Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Some people call me the Space Cowboy. Welcome back in Kentucky Bank, Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Vaught, Bo Robinson with you here today. About to switch up to Kentucky football and their four-star commitment out of Michigan, Jeremiah Caldwell. But first, corrections. Multiple corrections, guys. This is why, as I said last segment, we got great listeners because uh, they keep us keep us in the right lane. Clay tweeted in, guys, 
Shirley McLean was in Two Mules, not Sally Field. So, uh, there you go. Okay. John Kelly tweeted in and said, Sandra Lockett? Wait, wait. Lockett. Sa- Sandra Lock. Yeah, sorry. It's a... Uh, he it 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 auto corrected him into locked. Um, it added a D to her name, but Sandra Locke in the tweet. But he attached a picture. Was the love interest in every which way but loose? She was right. Also, I didn't I didn't get to that, but the uh, Lynn Taylor that was that was uh, her character's name. She was also Eastwood's longtime girlfriend. And then uh, Steve just tweeted in and said, "High Plains Drifter is another good Eastwood movies." Okay. Um. Getting to the commitment here, Anthony. First commitment, 2022, four-star guy out of Michigan, as Wendell the Caller tweeted it, uh, mentioned last segment. Um, continuing the tradition of taking Big Ten talent like yourself, or I say Big Ten area talent, and bringing them into Lexington. Uh, six foot three, hundred and eighty pounder. Uh, what'd you think about that uh, commitment for UK? Uh, as far as I've seen, it seems to have good ball, uh, ball ability. I see him at defensive back. He's natural at grabbing the ball. He gets once he gets the interception, he gets the ball back to the end zone. I see him bust a couple people up. So seems like a little tough guy, man. Uh, I don't think he's very very little, but uh, <laughs> seems pretty tough, man. I, I think it's always good when you can go up in there. You people out of Michigan, it's funny. Everybody gives. And I have to say this because I'm cool with some of these guys. And I love Merrill. That's my man. I love that, man. But uh, give uh, Merrill credit. And before we went into the break, which you or was it Wendell, the caller, was asking about. No, it might have been you who was saying, how do these guys get the rankings? And, oh, how does Alabama, Clemson, those guys. You get those guys in there and they get rankings by going to camp your school's offering but the job that uh, uh, Summerall and I mean, those guys are going to find those guys. They they know talent because you know they play the game and do a little extra. Work, have people on the staff who have it. So to answer the question, how are we getting these posing a deal on these guys? But identifying those guys, I think you know Clay Scale, Summerall. I mean, a lot of other guys. But I just personally talk to these guys. So and, and Anwar. And do a good job identifying these guys and making sure they keep Kentucky on the radar. Yeah, Larry, that's a something that we've seen so many times. A guy gets a Kentucky offer early, sometimes even before you know they have rankings as early as you know sophomore and freshman seasons, and then uh, lo and behold, by the time they're juniors and seniors, they're four stars and have every four or five stars and have every college across the country knocking down their doors. But as Anthony said, it is so valuable when you can be the first one, you know. And you know, there's been multiple guys that have said the reason I ultimately picked Kentucky is I know they they've been with me from the start, and I just that loyalty. Yeah, and I think uh, clean scale record's pretty good when he goes up to Michigan to get gas. So I don't know a yes. lot about this young man. In fact, I know nothing about him other than just what I read last night. But I think. Clink Scale's track record's pretty darn good up there, and I like this young man because from what I could tell, he's a two-way player. And mm-hmm. I guess I'm a little old school. I like the guys still that come out of high school that have played b- both ways. I just think that makes them a little bit tougher 
overall when they get to college and if they just played one way in high school. So, because my, my feeling always was, Anthony, unless you're on just one of those national powerhouse teams, if you're good enough in high school to be coming to play in the SEC, you probably ought to be playing both ways for your team. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. If you come to college, and it happened with me, it happened with a lot of people. Justin Edgar, if you weigh in high school and you get to college and you got to make the transition, you have to learn to try to play the other position. You can be athletic enough, but there's a lot of nuances and a lot of technical things that, you know, it's hard to pick up at the speed of the SEC and, and be successful at it. So you're right. I think at least you got the groundwork done. SEC, and you play both sides. You got at least the groundwork, the footwork, and you know some of the technical stuff down, so you don't have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, he, according to the two four seven article I'm reading, he's ranked. Um, Caldwell is ranked as the three hundred and seventeenth player nationally, and the number forty eight athlete in the two four seven composite ranking. So, a guy who's really well thought of in those recruiting. Uh, circles. Let's get back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Anthony is on there. Not Anthony White, a different one. Good morning, Anthony. Hey, fellas. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about football first. And then maybe late, maybe late on in your show, maybe you uh, uh, have reflections on Hammer and Hank Aaron, uh, you know, since this recent death uh, it happened a couple of days ago. But what, I'm going to get back to football and our running backs now that we have. We got Chris Rodriguez back again. And now we got the what's his name, Vondell Robinson. I think his first name is Vondell, the, the, the Nebraska running back, who's uh, who our home Kentucky whoa. kid and so forth. Anthony, can they be better? Slow yeah. down. Wandale is not going to be playing running back. That's one of the main reasons he transferred from Nebraska. <laughs> so uh, really? it, it'll be Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, he did. I don't think, and, and this is not, I don't think this is, this is just reading between some lines. If we, Larry Vaught, as we've had this discussion, he wants to be utifi- utilized more in the in the passing game than the rushing game. But it still, he still might appear in the but, backfield a little a time or two. Yeah, but that's okay. He'd be a he'd be a secret decoy, a great decoy for us, and everything else. Where I think old Mark Stoops will put him in that running game sometime in there. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got he's got too much talent. I guess this is what y'all talked about and everything else. You talk about players come from offense to defense, to defense to offense. That's the old school version, of course, and everything else. Back in the day, way back in the day, but you really before my time, really, when you had a lot of players that were actual real football players that really were tough enough, tough enough to play uh, on both sides of the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I just wanted to bring that up and so forth. Yeah, the uh, running game. Yeah, uh, uh, Hammer and Hank Aaron. Uh, y'all reflections on him? I had one time met him and the great uh, 1960s Olympic. Uh, Track female star Wilma Rudolph. They were both on the platform of the Kentucky Amateur Sports Program that we have here in uh, in Kentucky during the summertime, where we have amateur uh, athletes uh, competing. And I, I met them from the stands, actually, all together. So I didn't really get up front, but I, it was just a great honor and uh, and seeing really Hammer and Hank and the great Wilma Rudolph, actually, mm-hmm. back in the day. I think it was back in 1980. 786, 88, I'm not really quite sure. But uh, that's just uh, a great thing. And seeing these great athletes, and man, you know, our, our sports figures, a lot of them have been passed along and, and, and yeah. dying over the last couple of months altogether. 
Yeah, thank you for your call, uh, Anthony. Larry, uh, Vaught, obviously, you know, what, Hank Aaron, all-time all legend, all-time uh, great man, and just seeing some of the tributes from across the sports world told you so much about him. Yeah, probably the best baseball player I've ever seen play, I think, without a doubt. I mean, I actually was in Cincinnati when he hit the home run off Jack Billingham to tie the home run record. And, I mean, I grew up uh, as a little kid uh, listening and, and, and watching Hank Aaron play whenever you could. He's one of those guys that you'd go out and, uh, <laughs> it's got to tell my age, but at the time you, you go out in your backyard and you pick up rocks and you throw them up and hit them with a bat, see how far you could hit it, and imagine that you were uh, hammering Hank and all like that. And and he's so known for his home runs, but on the guy still had over 3,000 hits, not even counting his home runs. I think he's still the all-time leading RBI guy. He played in, what, 20 or 21 all-star games. He won gold gloves, and he always did it in such a classy, classy way. I mean, he's just one of the uh, true, true heroes in the sport. It's a shame, uh, you know, that more younger folks like you, Curtis, didn't get a chance to see him and, 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 and know just how good he was. But he was also such a gentleman always through later in life. I mean, I don't know that I ever heard anybody say anything bad about Hank Aaron. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, he was a all-time great. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, like Larry said, I, I didn't kind of – Never got an opportunity to, to see him play. I was a little older because the things I learned, even as a youngster, my best friend's middle name is Aaron because of uh, because of Hank. And, uh, you know, the one thing that kind of what Larry said about being a gentleman, and I know the things he had to go through and some of the struggles we have in sports in general, you know, trying to make a team, favoritism or anything like that, like he overcame all that stuff. But the one thing that always, you know, comes to mind and a lot, everybody who talks about him, all said the same. Like you know, he's never complained about it. He never used it as an excuse. He never let it hold him back. Uh, and he did <laughs> the, the crazy thing. He never really seemed angry about it. Like he, uh, well, I'm going to show them. No, he was just kind of like, Man, whatever you throw at me, I'm going, I'm going to uh, overcome it. And, you know, and he did it at the, the highest level. Like he, I mean, he had the wars. And only other thing I, I thought about it was, you know, talking to him in his day. Is that you know the tainted or unquote possibly tainted home run home run records? Yeah, it's kind of like man, the, the way the guy did it was so. Um, I mean, professional and just the fact that it. I, I didn't think about it back then because when when uh, uh, Barry Bonds and those guys were hitting home run, Mark McGuire and those guys were in the home run races. You know, to bring the baseball back, but to think about how I, I kind of kicked myself, like man, I actually forgot how Hank did it. And the, and, the, and the manner he did it, that I, it makes me not even really want to myself or even cheering through the the, the last uh, home run races that were going on. Yeah, um, I think uh, wrap up the conversation. I'll just I'll just steal the words of the the great uh, Vin Scully because obviously he's so much better at uh, putting into <laughs> uh, words what he meant. He said of Hank Aaron, he meant so much more to baseball and the country than just being the game's top home run hitter. He truly was a special man. So that's I think that's a great way to kind of sum him up. Caller Anthony also mentioned the running backs. We're going to get into a discussion about that because I had a chance to talk to new U.K. running back coach uh, Jamal Singleton. 
uh, on the Behind Kentucky Football podcast this week. So we'll talk about the returning of Chris Rodriguez, the other running backs in the room, and what that looks like uh, now that uh, offensive coordinator Liam Cohen should be on his way to Lexington really soon. That's coming up after this. I'm Curtis Birch with Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Bo Robinson. You're listening to Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Down to Tucson in the summer. So this Welcome back in Kentucky Bank Sunday Morning Sports Talk. Curtis Birch, Anthony White, Larry Watt, Bo Robinson with you here today. Uh, caller last segment, Anthony, was mentioning the running backs, Chris Rodriguez, Cavassier Smoke, Jutan McLean, Travis Tisdale. Lots of, lots of running backs in that room, lots of talent. Um, I got a chance to talk to Jamal Singleton, the new running backs coach. He said that he's went ahead and saw, uh, has already seen all the tapes uh, from last year from all all the running backs. And the one thing that he really said, Anthony, was that he was excited to get uh, Chris Rodriguez into this new style of offense and run some more pro ty- pro style type stuff because he really feels like he's going to be successful in that kind of run game. Oh yeah, I think it's it's more downhill and it gives Chris a, a chance to make one one or cut and and get going with the zone. You know, there's so many moving things and I think the pro set is gonna help the quarterback and the running back out, but I think the the pro set really kinda give you an angle, everything we got a good enough offensive line where everything's blocked up right, you make one cut and now you got Chris Rodriguez with a full head of steam against a linebacker or a safety. Uh, depending on how agile he is, and he's probably more agile than he gets credit for, you make the safety miss or run him over. It's a lot different. Like I said, in the read, in the read office, the way we've been running it, you kind of have to be patient and wait for this, and everything has to happen at the right time, which you mean for us. But uh, now, offense, man, you're coming downhill. Everything's blocked up. You don't really have to hesitate. You don't have to wait. Everything. Is it's less reading, I think, which I think should be better off for Chris, and it may even help Cavassier uh, out some because he's a pretty strong runner and he gets stronger than I think he really gets credit for. Yeah, that's the other thing, uh, Larry, that Coach Singleton said when I was talking to him is that he's excited about uh, having variety in the running back room, guys that, that are able to, to do different things. And we talked a, a lot about this over the past couple seasons. you got different guys that can do different things, and he seems to be ready to kind of utilize guys in, in roles they will excel in. Yeah, and, I, and I, I like to hear that. I mean, I think I think it's really going to be exciting what he's going to maybe be. I think sometimes just change is, is good from a perspective standpoint. And, I, and I've liked everything I've heard and seen from him so far, and I am anxious to see if Wandale does slip into those plans. I think they're going to probably find some different ways to get him the ball mm-hmm. and can slip in there. And I tell you one thing from watching him in high school, just file this away, he can throw the ball pretty darn well. I mean, I saw him play quarterback some in high school, and he can throw the ball pretty well, just that they didn't always want to use him at quarterback because we had him at quarterback, made it a lot harder to get him out in space with yeah. things. But just file that away, that he can throw the ball. I, I, I really wanted to made point, a note. I really wanted to point out real quick that uh, when Anthony was asking about Wondell, he seems a little bit uh, concerned or, or dejected that, that, that Larry – Kind of, or I mean, the basic Curtis kind of assumed that he's not going to be lined up or running back. And I think the two things 
that he should take solace in is that one for him to, if he's going to play at the next level is ninety nine point nine percent would not be at the running back position. So more reps he gets at running back position takes away from his stock on the next level. Two, mm-hmm. the one thing people always miss about when they say that person should play running back is more to just running and catching the ball at running back. And a lot of people don't want to be back there picking up blitzes uh, yes. a lot of the time. So uh, I think those are two huge reasons that you probably won't see uh, lining up in the backfield too often. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, and as to Larry's point, just I think that he's not going to be playing running back, but it doesn't mean that he might not be in the backfield for some things. And uh, we saw in the Rams game that that offense that Liam Cohen runs isn't afraid to use the Wildcat. And one of the main complaints you see from multiple people is that they would like to see some throwing out of the Wildcat. And with Larry Vaught's intel right there on Wandale, those things might uh, align pretty well. And who knows what we'll see next season. That'll be fun uh, to monitor. Uh, we just got a little bit left in this segment, but uh, I'll just sh- plug the, the, the podcast I did with uh, Jamal Singleton. He's a really interesting guy, as uh, both you guys know when you saw maybe some of his interviews in his press conference. Uh, you know, his growing up, uh, being born overseas, kind of traveling across Europe where his dad was in the armed forces, him ultimately joining the Air Force, you know, a- academy playing football there. And it was it was kind of stunning to me. He said he initially thought he was going to be an Air Force pilot. He had everything lined up. He had uh, his spot in, in the training academy um, to become a pilot. And what ended up happening was he played football. And so he kind of got the designation to coach the the way he described it was like the intramural team there at flight school. And he started doing that, and he realized that's what he wanted to do. So he gave up his spot to become an Air Force pilot and got into coaching. Ultimately, you know, got on with the Air Force football staff. And then he became a successful <laughs> coach in the NFL. And now he's back in college in the SEC. So crazy how things work out that way i'll retweet that podcast from the show account if you'd like to listen uh we got more coming up after this curtis birch larry vaught anthony white bo robinson this is kentucky bank sunday morning sports talk